0: Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw.
1: Where we bring country living and the great outdoors together.
0: Alright, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, we got a little, a
1: little change in studios tonight. We did, we, we swapped locations a little bit, but I do like the air conditioning here. There it feels up. nice the setup uh, uh this really friendly dog that keeps sniffing me real close i'm not sure yeah. if i have something going on but uh well, at least he's by you and not by me that's all right he hasn't bothered anything yet so yeah. yeah the freak outdoors studios we're
0: talking about here is pretty the freak outdoors warehouse shipping center slash living center slash living center it's a uh, slash to do it all center it is it is but needless to say we're back with the freak outdoors guys matt and daniel
2: what's going on guys not too much, man, just sitting here looking at two beautiful people instead of my computer screen that this time to do this. That is it. It's glad to be with y'all in person this time. <laughs> we are glad to have you in person. Now, we still got Daniel on the other,
1: on the phone coming in. Which,
3: uh, yeah, work's calling, but yeah. glad to be back with you guys again. Add another segment to this and uh, get some more information out there about what we've yeah. That's going on in the past and what we
0: got coming up. We're right up in the middle, well, I guess first weekend down at teal season. I know Jacob you've done a little bit of teal hunting.
1: Oh yeah. We put a we put a hurting on them last weekend and planning to go back and get it this weekend too. That uh, awesome. Hoping that little storm that's fixing to drop 13 yeah, to 15 inches that. of rain on Houston is going to push some. It's push some over to the to the east where y'all are. Well, it should push them over to the east, but it also should. Anytime we get a front with any type of south wind, it'll push them out of the marsh yeah. and push them back up into the rice fields, and that's usually when it gets really exciting. That'll be good. But we, be had good. A, we had a great group that went last weekend and, uh, you know, fun group. Had a group of 18 guys come in from Florida, really really entertaining group most of them were uh fishing guides that are on their kind of off season right now because trout and red really aren't hitting that hard so they came up to do a duck hunt and they were quite entertaining oh yeah oh yeah uh walked in uh saturday morning at four o'clock i walked in gonna get the biscuits and stuff started and i looked and and i asked them i said guys what are y'all doing they're like man we just we ready did, we didn't figure there was any point in trying to go to sleep <laughs> you know if you go to sleep that late in the venue you just uh you're gonna hurt worse so well sometimes that makes for an interesting hunt it was it was uh i i didn't go with them i had some gentlemen that uh i'd pass them off somebody else but no we had a lot of ducks uh a lot of guys shooting pretty good a couple misses i know i i whiffed at more than one so oh no yeah yeah whiffed at one that still don't. You know, those that haunt you in your dreams? Yeah. Because you fire all yeah. three shells and you're still looking at your gun like, did I bend the barrel of something's not quite right? And you realize it's the one behind the trigger.
0: Yeah, it was
2: the,
1: <laughs> the nut loose behind the, the end of the shotgun was the issue.
2: I've been that guy several times. But now myself. I'm taking
1: my main man this weekend. That's what actually, I hear. Actually, I'm going to have two main men. I'm going to have Mr. Luke and Mr. Hayden with me this weekend. I tell you what, so. Hayden, uh, Hayden put it on them at the, uh, at the archery shoot. The, oh, last yeah, when his weekend, mama got I him hear. that new gun. Oh, he's bad to the bone. He called me the other night let me know he hit a 23 out of 25 on skeet. And, he did good. Oh, uh, well, what I was referring to was his archery tournament. His archery oh, yeah, tournament. yeah, he won the, the archery tournament yeah. in his age division this past weekend yeah. by several hundred points. Several yeah. hundred points. Not he shot – so the, then, the list that
0: I was looking at, the results, he outshot several other classes if he would have been shooting with them just by his score.
1: Well, let me tell you a part I'm not sure I'm supposed to tell. His mama may frown at me or Hayden may frown at me. He had a mechanical problem where the string came off, like rolled off of the wheels or off the cam, mm-hmm. and they had to call Preston to come up there and repress really? it and reset it. And he finished. I think that was on like the third target. Oh wow! So he even calmed down through all that. Through all of that, I mean, most folks are just I'd have been done. Yeah, I mean, you're you're <laughs> you're, ga- you're off your game at the point, but no he doubt. he kept it dialed in and. No doubt, and actually shot one point higher on Sunday than he had shot on Saturday, mm. which he was fifty or so points ahead of the next guy closest yeah. to him. And I mean, for a twelve-year-old, that's phenomenal. I mean, well, you know, he got he got
0: done shooting at the archery tournament on Sunday. I went to shoot skeet at the range. And there's Hayden. I said, "Hayden, are we just shooting everything this weekend?" Well,
1: I just felt like shooting a few more things, so I just come out here to shoot skeet. So I shot skeet with him. I took him dove hunting with me a couple weekends ago, or whenever dove season opened. And uh, he assured me after just a few minutes there that he liked it better than shooting skeet. <laughs> he had, he had, a, he had a pile of little blue shells. next to him he kept wanting to know why i was going to shoot i'm like baby there's no point in me shooting. i mean he's knocking them all down which i did i shot a few but he uh he definitely had more than i did at the end of the day so that's awesome that's awesome
0: well getting back into our freak outdoors story here with matt and daniel and i'm gonna go ahead and throw a little plug in there that this episode is brought to you by the chasing big buck deers bundle that freak outdoors is putting out there they're giving a hunt to uh, to one lucky person, it's
1: going to be up there at their Missouri farm. So but now, if you buy into it, or if you buy the packages, you get all kind of stuff with every purchase that you make. It's just you that's have right. to buy into. Yeah. You got to buy the products to be able to that's be right. entered into the drawing. Correct. That's right. That's oh, there's actually
2: no purchase necessary as well. You know, you can send in a nice little letter requesting a free game piece, and we can hook you up with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. That's info I didn't know. So yeah, yeah. you gotta read the fine, fine print. print, man. You gotta read the fine print. Legalities, you know. I'm getting <laughs> old, guys. My, my eyes kinda, yeah, I don't have my little readers with me. Y'all laugh. Y'all are going to get there one day too.
3: I'm yep. just dreading getting home and checking my mailbox because that's where the <laughs> I did <laughs> notice that for the no purchase necessary.
1: <laughs> Do you you think it might be a little overloaded when you get there?
3: Ah. Uh, it, well, they went not on for the first couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, there's not any for here. <laughs> you know, for this this couple of weeks. I mean, if somebody took advantage of it, more power to them. But to beat go. the system. But if not, we'll be glad to take their money. And the uh, uh, you know, I'm as excited as Matt to see who's going to win that that hunt, and also some of the other great prizes that our sponsors uh, man, and y'all have got some enough to bless us with that we can you know give back to some people.
1: I watched that the other day. The stuff y'all are giving away, and y'all have got some really neat giveaway items on there that y'all are doing uh, some of the companies that are sponsoring y'all or mm. some that are have sent stuff for y'all to donate mm. that's that's some really cool stuff
3: yeah you know most of those guys we've been working with for a while uh, you know dead downwind and, and a ramcat and, and obsession even is in there as an offer if somebody wants to opt out of the hunt and take a package but uh, that's all part of arcus which we've been using for several years Nose down and, and Jason Caldwell is a guy that I've been using his scents for believe really three or four years now. Um, he, he's really big into uh, custom scents versus your mainline stuff. And, and one of the things that he specializes in is he's ATA approved, ATA certified for his all natural scents. And, uh, you know, in Mississippi, that's a big thing now with yeah. not being able to use natural urines. Um, right. His stuff is approved and is, when they went back and protracted that ruling and changed it, now you can use ATA-approved scents uh, in the state of Mississippi. As long, What ATA means is they came from a CWD-tested facility, all those deer tested clean, so you can use an all-natural urine. You don't have to necessarily use a synthetic, but he does still make a full synthetic line for the states that that do require 100% synthetic.
1: Well, that's neat that he carries everything. It's kind of odd that somebody wants to battle whether you can actually use a synthetic or an original, yeah urine scent cover or scent attractant uh, i guess they'll go after anything they can yep well getting into the story i know we left off
0: when matt and daniel was getting into the film side i know that's kind of where we left the the last episode um matt daniel kind of let's pick up there of know y'all were talking about how you were getting into film and you'd watch some other uh films that 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 are out there and how you could you make you know make yours better let's start about talk about the early times of you guys starting to put put the camera in the tree with
3: you Uh, i I think i remember the the first filming venture we actually
2: did how did that Uh, go not fun (laughs) <laughs> it was
3: it wasn't even deer actually it was alligators
2: yeah
3: it was the, it was the first year that we uh the first year that mississippi went to the first come first serve tagging um matt and i had kind of been throwing around the filming idea green as ever had no clue what to do i mean obviously we knew we couldn't go out and get some of this high dollar 25 thirty thousand dollar camera cameras that uh you know major productions are using but what could we do to get some decent footage so we asked around and Kept hearing DSLR, DSLR. This is what you need is a DSLR camera. Well, we went. I went. Bought a DSLR, traditional style camera that had video capability. Bought a couple lenses for it, a mic, and, and basically the minimals. About about a week before we hit the hit the water chasing gators, we got a pretty good crash course out there. One, a boat fighting alligators is not the most stable and secure platform to learn how to film on, and you're doing it at night mostly.
2: And you're doing it with not really a user-friendly camera for a first-timer. I mean, a lot of manual focus stuff. But too many buttons, uh, like you said, when Daniel with a boat moving around.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much, you know, we went out and bought what we were told to buy. and didn't even have a clue really what we were buying. So we we pulled with it there. And since I owned it, I took it with me the first little bit deer hunting at the same time. Somebody also said, well, get a, get a Canon, uh, G30. It's a small camcorder, had HD capabilities, had a little bit easier functionality. And I remember that first year, uh, the first couple weekends of deer season, Matt volunteered to film me. We had the DSLR in the tree and the G30. We quick, we quickly realized one, the G30 being a traditional camcorder style was a lot more user friendly for a beginner. Versus a DSLR, DSLR full manual where you were constantly having to adjust for light settings and focus and everything else that goes into filming. And um, we did realize, though, that the DSLR, as far as in a stage scenario, taking pictures, interview settings, things like that, was, was far superior. So we kind of had our base point, and, and this is going back, well, let's see, I didn't have tags the last two years, this season, two years before that, so five seasons ago, yeah. 2014-15 so right, right when Freak Outdoors really took off The first full year we had it in, in, in business And Immediately We made the decision to buy a couple more G30s uh, Matt bought one I had one We also had the DSLR And then it was just as anything else guys Hunting, fishing, baseball Whatever else you get into That's a hobby, golf You buy something, you see something better You hear about something better and that's where we were at. We were buying camera arms, bases, mics, and all this stuff, and we would we quickly realize, one, you can't skimp. I mean, obviously, we, we couldn't spend uh, you know astronomical amounts of money, but we couldn't go out and buy $20 mics and $20 tripods. Just the functionality and the durability of what we were going to put them through wasn't going to work. So, uh, you know, we made a few missteps, but we, we bought a lot of quality stuff over that first season, and then... The learning curve started of how it benefits in the tree, how much more complicated it makes things, and how you go about using it. I pretty much, that first year, that was before Matt was really hunting out of state. I was toting that camera everywhere for deer hunting. And I realized, one, just like anybody would would kind of believe from filming Brennan, my, my son, that it's a heck of a lot easier to film somebody else and you only have to worry about the camera. At that point, the footage was a lot better. But it also taught me self filming gave me a really fast learning curve of what to do right and wrong. Nobody wants to miss out on an opportunity to kill the deer they're going after. You especially don't want to miss out on that opportunity because you're trying to film it, you know, especially down where we live. You may not have a shot at that deer, but once or twice a year, if you're lucky, right on on most of the places that we all get to hunt, Um, you know, so I I I use the Midwest as my stomping grounds because the opportunities to film deer in good settings and, and and not have that extra pressure of if I don't kill this deer right now I'm not probably ever going to get another shot at it wasn't on me and uh, you know over those couple of years Matt Trent some other guys you know came, came along as far as helping with the filming side of it Slave Priest I have to give him credit was probably the, the one person that had some real good conversations
2: go to guy
3: yeah prior to last hunting season the 20 18, 19 hunting season. You know, being a local guy, he, he he genuinely, truly cares about what we're doing. We care about what he's doing. We we exchange ideas a lot back and forth. He teaches us a lot from what they've learned the hard way over the years with trained, trained assassins. Turned us on to a 4K camera, the Sony AX100s. We bought those to upgrade the quality of our footage. Um, they also had better low-light capabilities to give us as much shooting light as we possibly could get. And you know, last year was where Matt and I really invested, and we got our team to to invest in the filming side of it as far as product. I don't know the exact count, but I'd say I we have got over six. a half dozen cameras in the group.
2: Yeah. Um, six guys fully set up, ready to roll on their own equipment. So that's been a huge uh, sign of them really buying in to uh, yeah. what we're trying to do here. So instead of me just or us, here's your camera use it you know you got your money invested you're going to use it right so uh, we got belief that they're going to do it and they really showed that this past weekend as well
0: well i know you say when your early days you kind of got into it you know gator hunting but from a film aspect and what you're starting to put out there that kind of started with the turkey tour right
2: Hmm. yeah it just um, people wanted to see more and um we we kind of wanted to see what me and daniel what we were really made of and and what we could actually do so that's when we kind of just sat down somewhere and and uh made a decision that hey we're gonna we're gonna try to knock the doors off on the industry with uh this wild turkey tour and to this day i don't i don't exactly know how the turkey tour came up but i would i would probably imagine that you know i'd had one or two beers and me and daniel sitting around and and we said how many i think i asked daniel i said how many turkeys do you think we could kill this year and uh, Daniel said, uh, "I think we could kill probably fifteen a piece, 30 And I said, "Let's make it 20. And so uh, that was the
0: number. I couldn't remember the, that numbers was the number. I was there trying to think about it. Was it
2: was forty combined. That was the number. Yep. Forty combined. Forty birds. Two men. Forty birds. Didn't matter how we got them. Um, and you know we weren't really gonna gonna say Daniel had to do twenty. I had to do twenty. I mean yeah. it was it was a group effort because you know there's a lot of time. You know, you can't he can't take off like i can so you know there's a lot of scouting you know just like duck hunting if yeah. if jake says hey i can go this weekend and you're like well i'm off all week i'll go find the birds you know that's a group effort you know mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you know because jake shot his limit and you didn't that you know it's a group right. effort so um that's kind of what we had planned out but it, it was a lot more planning than than that uh, a lot of people knew about it and me and dan went to before we ever really put it all on paper we kind of went to uh went to nashville we had this nwtf convention and we were running around talking about it trying to get a few companies to help us out with some products and and we told them we was planning on this wild turkey tour and when every time we told somebody we were planning on uh 40 turkeys combined between or we were planning on do, killing 40 birds they were like oh really how, how long do you Think it's gonna take you just like, one season is this two guys and he's like yeah one turkey season ain't gonna happen you know, I mean, so... So Do you have any takers? We, no, well, yeah, we yeah. had one or two, and um, some of the sponsors that we were able to acquire, you know, especially Retay, um, they gave us two shotguns, You know, that's a mental investment to yeah. give two guys, we're going to give these guys two shotguns, and if they mess around and do this, we want to be a part of it, so mm-hmm. uh, it was a good, you know, chance they took with us, you know, I mean, we didn't need shotguns, we had shotguns, we wanted right. to pair up with a company that we could possibly work with in the future, so... Uh retail's been a good a good company that we've worked with here recently and developing that relationship over the turkey tour. So, well, I mean I
1: had the I had the pleasure of actually being there when y'all sighted those in so, yeah y'all actually, y'all actually let me burn a little powder with you that was a good time.
3: Well, we actually got laughed at more than we got kind of ears perked up But yeah. I would say there was four main four main ones, Matt you know the, <laughs> the true lock with the chokes, federal with the ammunition for last year. Rite, obviously, can't say enough about what Brian did over there for, for taking that leap. And then, uh, of course, Arcus, with the Obsession line, yeah, they did. Uh, they had their new bow, the FX-30, which was more geared towards eastern deer hunting, blind hunting, short axle to axle. And they said, well, hey, look, if y'all are going to try to t- chase turkeys, a lot of turkey hunting with bows gets done in a blind. Let us get these bows in your hand. And those bows weren't even released yet. We were some of, outside of the major sponsors that they had, we were some of the first people in the country to get our hands on those bows.
2: And while you're and, talking um, about that, you know, I failed to mention that we uh, we planned to do two Grand Slams each, one with a bow. So that's why the whole bow came into the equation. So that you made it even more crazier. Yeah, but,
0: i tell you what was pretty cool, just looking at from kind of, you know, outside looking in, is, you know, keeping score, that's kind of cool to mm. to, to see as, as it went on matt's at this number daniel's at this number it's pretty cool to sit there watching kind of see see where y'all were
2: yeah we got we got kind of toward the end i don't want to tell any uh give away any idea to people well how many did they kill i don't want to tell you but uh it got toward the end where i could only add so many states and i'd been to i held tags in 11 states and daniel how many did you hold tags in daniel nine nine, uh, nine states so uh I ran out of place to put some of these states so i ended up having to just say you know i'm gonna have to combine both of them together <laughs> and we're gonna drop the. i mean we got our butt kicked in alabama so we just dropped the zeros and yeah but it it was a good time so the scoreboard the scoreboard i think had its perks and it, it was fun you know while well i that. know
1: for me when you were trying to do the grand slam in both shotgun and bow i kept up with which state you actually had a you were successful with each mm-hmm. one in more than I did the, the total number because to me that was really cool. Because yeah. I mean, to go to a state, I travel a lot turkey hunting, and, and to get one with a shotgun in a lot of different states, that's a that's one thing. But yeah. to turn around and do it the next day or within the same week with a bow, mm-hmm. I, I've never actually tried to shoot one with a bow. I like as many BBs going downrange as I can get <laughs> yeah. going. Uh,
3: well, so we that actually. Was really cool. When we got to planning this and discussing it, we really didn't have 11 states on the map. Mm-hmm. We had the states that we most commonly hunted. I had been hunting Nebraska, so had Matt. We obviously both have hunted Missouri for a long time for deer and turkeys. We had Mississippi, and we knew I had never killed an Osceola. It was the only thing I was missing from my career grand slam. Matt had Osceolas in the bag. And outside of that, we had some ideas, um, like Gary with our buddy up at Ashout hunting, that we could go to Kentucky and possibly shoot some birds but we really only had about five states when we first discussed this to throw out there and say well hey this is 10 of our birds right here you know if we get lucky enough to kill three in mississippi which most people don't realize you know some of us that love turkey hunting wish we could kill 10 a year in mississippi but we actually have one of the highest limits in the country outside of texas you know and and, and uh, nebraska has a three bird limit but Alabama has a five, but most of the states are two birds and some are one. So once we got into it, we were like, man, you know, if we're going to get this, we've got to figure something else out. Well, we threw Texas on the board uh, because that's a possibility at four birds.
2: Got to capitalize on your big bird states. Well, now, Texas is five in some counties, is it not? Um I'm not sure on that. I know. I know more East Texas. You can only kill one Eastern because you're not really in the Rio territory, mm-hmm. or so. I, I don't know. I think it it can be. I don't uh, think
3: you can go anywhere and kill five Rios.
2: Yeah. yeah, you can't kill five Rios, and you can't kill more than one Eastern. So maybe that's like kind of it. Could be misread into thinking, well, you can kill one Eastern for Rios. Thinking we kill wrote five, it down but, for four
3: birds potentially. Yeah.
2: I got you, but yeah. you can only kill one Eastern. It just depends on where in Texas you are.
3: Yeah, and so. You know, we built that list, and, and Matt bought two calendars, and between about ten different highlighters and sharpies, yeah, we ruined one of them. Basically, taking a calendar and drawing it out, and trying to figure it up, and me messing up the first one because you had so many lines going across each other. I mean, you can understand without seeing it the logistics of trying to line up opening dates, closing dates, and realizing that some states like Missouri are only open three weeks some states don't open till way later than what our states down south open. Some states don't close till the end of May or early June even. There's just a lot of logistics that goes into not wasting a trip way off somewhere and being able to hit as many states as possible. So it was a it was about a two week serious discussion of states and then once we decided this is where we're going to go, sitting down and trying to map it out. I, I remember I had a like a notepad of literally what the licenses and tags would cost in every state that we had lined out their opening dates, their closing dates and what other states around them. And then we had to put that on the calendar one to figure out what we're going to spend Two to figure out when we could go to certain places. And there was some States where literally we had one weekend to get it done. And that was it because we needed to be able to hit say, kentucky and ohio at the same time because of how they opened and closed we knew we wouldn't be able to make a trip back there because another state was going to be open at another period that we knew we had to go to it, it was a nightmare at the beginning just getting the logistics line too
2: also you got you know you think about it you got to decide what state you're going to sacrifice opening weekend on because i mean <laughs> that's usually your best opportunities and spring is At different times. I mean I think I got acute bronchitis three times, like legit, I had to go get a shot at the doctor because I was going I was gone sixty days and I'd go hit spring in in North Carolina and then I'd come back and then go to Tennessee and get spring again spring all over Mm -hmm. again. So it was just so many different cases of Well, but not only trying to schedule y'all, you were trying to schedule camera guys also. So you had buddies coming up filming we yep. had a, we had a few few film guys coming um, late in the season for sure. Trent spent twenty eight days with me, I think. But then scheduling other things, like you said, we I had two shows I had to be at too. Um, you know, I know Mississippi opened on the fifteenth, and then the twentieth, I had to be in South Carolina for a show with Freak Outdoors, and I actually you know hunted in South Carolina with some of my followers, and that's some uh, that's a huge part. That could be a huge part of this segment, just discussing the people we went with but when i was in south carolina for a show i hunted while i was up there and and then came home and had to turn around and go do one more show in wisconsin and when i was in wisconsin there wasn't any states open so i literally had two weeks of my season you know ripped out from under me when that that slowed me down a little bit so yeah we had to schedule that and you know cameramen that weren't getting paid and just anybody want to be a part of it i know i kept following along and when i went to kansas went to missouri
1: I was talking with Daniel a good bit both times, kind of letting him know where I was and what I was seeing, and you know, in case y'all wanted to come that direction. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where y'all were at at the time. I'll say y'all were in Texas at the time. It was just, it was a lot of fun trying to keep up with y'all because I know with me trying to schedule stuff over the years, you know, you you have to. First, you've got to know what each state is. You know, Do you have to have a plug-in? Do you not have to have a plug-in? Can you shoot a Jake? Can you shoot a Jake? <laughs> I mean, you've got to know all the ins and outs to, you know, the Missouri, you have to stop at 1 o'clock. At 1 o'clock, you've got to be out. Now, you can scout, but you yeah. can't have a firearm in. Yeah. So, which state's regulations are going to hamstring you? Uh, Kansas, you can shoot two birds in one day. So, if yeah. you get
2: lucky, you can you can wipe that out in one outing and be finished. You also got to know, you know, one of the big things is I would have to say when people try to f- start filming this, what states does your cameraman have to have a tag just to be in the woods? Really? Missouri. I would have never thought about that. Missouri, if you were partaking in the act- activity of hunting, you got to have a tag. So Yeah, wow. if you're just calling. You're calling. I don't care if you got camouflage on and you're walking through the woods with a, a guy tag. that's hunting, you got to have a tag. Yeah, they don't play games up there.
1: So. We were up there several years ago, and I was fortunate enough to tag out early, and the guy that I was hunting with got to laughing. He said, you do realize we're here for four more days, and you can't carry it going. Mm-hmm. In Missouri? I like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Missouri. Was that first week? I had my, well, I had my two. We okay. went up on that first weekend, so we were able to get that first. Mm-hmm. But once I killed on mm-hmm. Sunday, and then I killed on Monday, mm-hmm. so I got into the second week. Yeah. But then for the next three or four days we were there, it was all trying to get him a bird or two, and I, I wasn't even allowed to carry. And at that time, I wasn't carrying the camera. So mm-hmm. that would have come in really handy back then because then I could have just filmed for him.
2: Yeah. And that's that's another thing that came into our plan. And back in 2008, when I killed my first turkey, uh, was in Missouri opening day, rode up with four guys, we were staying minimum seven days. And I killed my bird on opening morning at eight o'clock in the morning and I couldn't I couldn't hunt for the next seven days. So, I mean, that's something we had to avoid was we'd love to go up there opening week to our farm in Missouri, but we can't kill but one bird. So no. that's Ideally, we can't. We're going to miss opening day in in Missouri next year because we can't kill but one bird a week.
0: As if it's not hard enough to kill a turkey, had all these logistical nightmares
1: to go along
2: with. Yeah, you have me thrown in actually <laughs> trying to because they don't
1: really do what you want them to do no. a lot of the time. No, so, I mean, well, I mean,
3: prime example. Last year, I went to Missouri the middle weekend and the last weekend. It was so cold, so late into the spring that the middle weekend there was no greenery, no birds, goblin, no anything. The last weekend, every bird in the country is on fire. You could have killed them with a slingshot, and they were everywhere. In a week, if the light switch hit, everything greened up, fields were greening up, tree, trees had buds on them, and the birds just went crazy. And and I killed a a, a he's a top he's a top thirty all time state of Missouri turkey. For a single beard bird that was with four or five other gobblers, and he wasn't even the dominant bird. And the week before, there wasn't a bird anywhere in none of those fields gobbling anywhere. Flip to this year, we take the same plan. We get up there the second week or the last weekend because it was the only weekend we had the opportunity because of our plan of hitting there, Nebraska, and Kansas all in the same trip. We We couldn't afford the time lost to travel back and forth. Matt and I go pull all of our deer cameras that I had put up in February during shed hunting, and there's our turkeys full strut with hens six weeks before out there blowed up for weeks on end and then leading up to us coming, no strutting birds, no gobblers, all hens. And not when we got the, in the woods,
2: it the, was the juice holes birds underwater. gobbling
3: first things in the morning when they hit the ground, not a sound after. They were done. We had, uh, we have a big hayfield on the place that, uh, luckily the landowner keeps it, you know, cut pretty regular. And and we were walking through it one morning, mid morning, and there were poults literally jumping up. I thought they were just little, little quail or something flying up. They were so small, but it was little poults jumping up. And it took about the third one for me to realize what they were. And I found where they were all nested up on the ground together, but they were in that hayfield. And and so you got to think by the, it's only a three week season the third weekend of season they had already had poles hatched and were big enough to fly so that tells you how early last year on our property at least that they bred that's well it crazy. was
1: it was so warm last year you know
3: yeah.
1: people were raised gang about the duck hunting and stuff last year but i talked to a buddy of mine in fargo north dakota last year at christmas it was 60 something mm-hmm. degrees i mean it just never got cold last year and we also saying this year is going
2: to be completely different, so we'll see. We couldn't, you know, you can't predict like what we we battled a lot of our properties that we had access to hunt with uh, all that flooding up along the Mississippi River and the Missouri River. Yeah, um, that farm where Daniel killed the big bird was just completely underwater. So I mean, really? we didn't know that till we got up there. You know, of course, we had our landowner telling us, you know, we don't know if you'll be able to hunt it, but I mean, there's so many places that were just ruined by nature that you know you can't Mm -hmm. you can't really plan for it but well you had mentioned earlier that you know along y'all's way you had a
1: lot of followers Mm -hmm. that kind of helped y'all out or you know hooked you up with a few spots here and there yeah
2: yeah so we um i guess i could start with you know the first state we went to is mississippi of course you know me and jonathan uh had we're really fortunate to have probably a thousand acres less than five minutes drive from here that me and him can exclusively turkey hunt and i was able to kill one second day there and then that kind of after my my south carolina deal i knew i was going to south carolina and i had i'll get on snapchat with my following and i'll put always i put every move on there you know and i put on i was going to south carolina for the show south carolina palmetto classic and i had a, a follower say um man the birds are getting fired up up here and you know we got a guy buddy of ours up there we've become good friends with gary man he's got a tattoo on of my logo on his forearm and he stays in touch talking about the talking about the dang turkeys and um we knew that the season was opening on the 20th that wednesday or that thursday and i knew i was going to be there and i had two guys come with me that they could run the show and knowing that we needed to do this this tour and be successful at it i needed to hunt every chance possible so I took a flyer on this kid. He he messaged me and said, You know, you wanna you wanna come hunt my property? And I'm like, Okay, my first question is <laughs> number one, how old are you? Because I don't know who I'm talking to now, I'm just talking to a random stranger. Right. And he says he's fifteen years old. And I'm like, Okay. So um, where are you hunting? So I started asking all these questions, you know, just drop me a pin, I'll look it up on Land I'll see if the, the names of the owner of the property matches the kid's name based off of his facebook i mean i get extensive into it because you gotta think i'm going you know right. four or five six sometimes ten hours to go hunt somebody i've never met and uh, i don't want to get killed too and then i dang sure i dang sure don't want uh their parents to come out and be like what are you doing here <laughs> you know yeah who hunt- are you Why are you trespassing going yeah. hunting with your kid you know whatever mm-hmm. so you know i, I took a very hayes Waits is his name and then i asked him i was like Are your parents cool with it and they're like yeah and you know i just took a chance and i showed up at this kid's house at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning he comes out and first time i ever met him and he's got his buddy with him and um i think he was skipping school that morning or something <laughs> to go hunting you know his parents come out with him and i told them i said i'm very glad y'all came out and met me because i you know you know as much as you don't know what you're getting into i don't know what i'm getting no into So, you know, and, you know, I want to take a chance to hunt with all these followers because they don't expect me to answer their messages, much less go hunting with them. Right. So their parents were real cool. They said, you know, trust me, you're making a kid's whole year by coming out and and hunting with them. So um, it was a bigger picture than just us trying to accomplish what we were doing, Um, getting out, getting to meet people and make lasting memories of those kids. But, um, unfortunately, their season was behind and, and we weren't successful there in south carolina but i already had my tags and he introduced me to uh this this guy josh which has tons of land and that just streamed into one thing into the next we'll come back you know after when you get time map your way back through here you know we'll go hunting again when it gets better i'll stay in touch so i was able to meet josh and uh go hunting with him later in the year and then turn around and come back and every time we every time we made a move i put we're headed here and uh just like you said just like y'all following us you know Mm -hmm. we had people uh keeping up with us and saying well have you ever hunted here you know you ever hunted michigan nope i said but i'm gonna be in indiana tomorrow and they said well it's only three hours away i got birds." and i said well i'll I'll be done by lunch and i'll be on the way and i'll be there (laughs) at five so um we had several occasions where man we just had to take a chance and um Go go hunt with these kids. Daniel Daniel had probably the most success this year hunting with some of them followers. um Ross and Jordan, I went and hunted up with them. They were <coughs> mapped our way, uh and I, I get long winded talking about our tour. But our first stop was Mississippi. Our second stop, mine was South Carolina, and daniel's still hunting in Mississippi. And he killed a stud of a bird. And after South Carolina, I come back and hunt Mississippi for a little while, and then I had to go to Wisconsin for that show and we ended up going up there and meeting some folks but not the people that we even hunted with. We were trying to find some people to hunt with. And that's another state you need to be looking into when their seasons are cuz they have seven seasons and they're each a week and you can buy unlimited tags after the fourth week. So it's it's pretty crazy how it works about one a day, but come back from there, go to Florida shoot our osceolas and um got our butt kicked in Alabama and me and me and Daniel um, we probably a lot of people won't talk about hunting um, high fences, but we weren't hunting high fence for deer. We were hunting high fence for turkey. <laughs> <laughs> we got invited. I actually, I, Daniel, I don't even know if we're supposed to be talking about this, but because but, uh, they don't let people turkey hunt this place, so we won't name the place. But you would think turkeys get trapped in this place or they get in there somehow and they don't want to leave and they'd be easy to kill but they're not, the, not smartest true. Turkeys up on the, <laughs> the smartest turkeys we've ever they've seen a lot of human <laughs>
3: the, the i'll tell you the hardest part about hunting a high fence deer operation um, you know take away the deer hunting part of it but what it does to a property is it's so heavily managed the timber the terrain the road system everything else it's not like what you would expect traditionally when I say South Central Alabama, and you could see four and five hundred yards through hardwoods, yeah, there's no cover, there's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. There was it off no perfectly. way to move without a bird. And hills, hills that I didn't know existed in South Alabama. Mm.
1: Did you think you were in the Homochitto again?
2: That's, it, truck up these that's
3: days. the thing. One side of this property looked a lot like the Homeless, of Chittas, some big ridges, big ravines, birds gobbling 150 yards away, and they sound like they were 500 yards away. The other side of this property, all old, hardwood, flat bottom ground, and the birds could literally see you from two and 250 yards away. And they just didn't ever – they were real slow, precarious birds. They just methodical about the way they went about their business. They'd gobble, but they wouldn't really c- come to you. They would respond, but they just weren't real active. But, well, you know, like, this, like he... Matt said, we were we were fortunate. You know, the way the season started off, man, we hit every, every check mark, every box is checked starting off. You know, he – I like thought I said, was going to 30. He got two great birds in Florida. <laughs> I got lucky enough that I through, – through work, i met a great connection with a guy that we've done got to be friends with now. Um Billy Gerard, who, who took me on some public land in Florida, and I was able to harvest my bow bird and my shotgun bird in back-to-back hunts in Florida on public land and and was able to kill a special bird down there that made Florida registry. But then when we hit that middle-of-the-season stride, or, or really not even the middle, it was more like the the second, third, I guess you'd say, 30%, 40%, up to 50% through. When we hit Alabama, Kentucky, we weren't able to go to Ohio because we struggled so bad in Kentucky and burn up our days there. We realized like, and we had already been to Texas and we had out of potentially eight birds between the two of us in Texas. We killed four. I killed three and Matt killed one. We realized, man, we just missed four birds in Texas. We missed, we were only counting Alabama for a couple birds each, but we were down about eight birds. Kentucky was a two bird each state. I was the only one to kill a bird in Kentucky and, uh, a special bird, uh, a, a nine and a half inch bearded hen that had five eight spurs. That uh, I ended up you know taking up there, but we we kind of got our butts kicked and got we got kind of beat up, I guess, so to say. You know, we were both having conversations. We're on the road together, but we're not together, and it's really wearing because you're trying to support each other and you're trying to stay positive and think about what you can do what you can find in the middle of a season to throw a curveball in there and give yourself a better chance. You know, one of them was Brecken and Ty, Ty reaching out to Matt, the guys that we hunted in Illinois with at Farmland Trophies, giving him the opportunity to hunt Indiana. That was a stolen bird, you know, that we didn't have counting for. Um, like he mentioned a minute ago, Michigan, uh, Tyler up there in Michigan calling up and it was another one of those blind deals, no clue. And, the Lord intervened for me. Matt was able to go because he had already tagged out Indiana. Didn't have anywhere to be for a couple of days. He was able to go up there, get Tyler his first ever turkey, get him a turkey. Called me, like I said, through divine intervention. Weather hits, all my job sites get shut down. I've got one day to hunt the state of Michigan on a two hundred and something dollar tag that only allows one bird, and I'm like, man, I could go up here and spend two hundred bucks and not even kill a turkey like and just waste two hundred dollars in the attempt
2: and i'd already been but, there for three or four days ain't killed nothing or mm, came close you
3: know? so we meet up in the hotel uh matt we go out that morning matt kills his bird early which was one of the first really really special birds that we killed this year when he killed his uh smoke, smoke phase turkey um which I filmed through the windshield of the truck in the pouring down rain. <laughs> that that and whole
2: that whole hunt right there. Um, going back to Tyler Decavers, he, he's the guy that and and I had no clue this guy was too, and he calls me up because I put on there I was going to Indiana. And he said, you know, come hunt Mi- Michigan. So I show up. I, I dusted this. Ty Mills with Farmland Trophy said, hey. I know y'all aren't killing anything in Kentucky. You want to hunt Indiana? We'll be done by eight thirty. And I'm like, that sounds like a very good yeah, idea. We're on the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so I leave Daniel there. That's when he shot that hen. I left Daniel in Kentucky, and I was like, cause he's he's working over in Illinois, or uh, yeah, Illinois. So, I left and went booked it to Indiana. It was like five hours, and I get there, and and me and Ty go in the morning, and we get hung up on this bird eighty yards, and it was a stud. Like Ty goes. I said, where are they roosting? He points in the trees right there. And I'm like, okay. And uh, we're a little late. And I said, he said, let's go get in there. And I'm like, are you sure you want to get too close? And like I hoot and they gobble like we're standing underneath them. And I'm like, okay, what now? I said, he he should have thought about this a little bit better. So we didn't kill that bird, but we we ended up going somewhere else. And I didn't have a lot of time because I knew I was planning on being in Michigan by five. And I lay down on some birds that are gobbling. It was definitely a gobbler that gobbled, but the four birds that came out were all jakes, and I'm fan behind this fan, and I'm fanning these jakes. Perfect footage, and I got Ty Mills behind me, and I'm going to get close to the mic right here just so you can kind of hear what I had to deal with. Cut them down. <laughs> Cut them. <laughs> so I dust this jake at, like, five yards. <laughs> Throw him, you know, take pictures, you know, holding him over my shoulder and not fanning them out or anything. Throw him in the truck and I hightail it to Michigan, and this kid has never turkey hunted before, and I oh, said, where wow. are we going? He said, we're, we're going to go behind this house. I have Miss Jackie's house. I have permission to hunt. I looked up on land glides, like 12 acres in the middle of a subdivision, and I'm like, because he sent me pictures of this deer feeder with tons of turkeys around it, everything, turkeys, deer, everything, and I walked to the edge of this backyard. It's like kind of like what you see in Hollywood Hills where they got the Big back glass on the house, and yeah, you looking over the valley or whatever. And I walk to the edge of this this driveway that's kind of on a ledge, and I look over it, and fifteen yards straight down is this feeder in these people's backyard. Like it's literally like <laughs> in their yard. So like,
1: you're you're after pets
2: now? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, did I'm, she have them all named? I don't know, man. <laughs> I told this dude, I said, dude, there's just no way. So like, we 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 almost killed a turkey, but we got too close to them because they're there. So we left, but long story short, we've seen these these turkeys in this field, and Tyler calls this guy, can we hunt these birds? And he's like, yeah, don't tell nobody, though, because I don't want everybody asking me permission to hunt these birds. And they're in the middle of this 20-acre field that has, like, maybe a two-acre block of woods in the corner. And these birds are all over the place, and it's raining, it's 40 degrees I'm like pull over to these neighbors house and, and pull in the driveway and I'll knock and see if we can go around their backyard and slip in the back through the woods. So we do. And the guy's like, yes, cool. It's totally fine. And let me throw in there that people in the North are totally different. than People in the South, they don't care about, you know, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. hunt my myself. So we're literally, I'm whispering to this guy like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too loud cause the turkeys are right there. <laughs> you know? And, and he's like, yeah, go ahead. So as soon as I turn around, you know, or, turn the truck off the turkeys start to to run away or whatever they didn't run they just walked away and i I look at my binoculars and i'm like that's definitely a gobbler and we go to leave and and because it it was busted out and tyler's like dude let me out i'll go walk up on that turkey and kill it and i'm like you are not about to walk up on a turkey and kill it in a field a little cornfield. i said as soon as you step out the truck he's gonna fly he's gonna be gone and he's like pestering me like dude just pull right here just let me out i'll I'll go kill it So I'm like, okay, get your your bad butt out and go kill it, you know. I'm sitting in the truck sprinkling (laughs) rain. And I'm sitting there, his wife's in the truck with me, and we're watching. He's like, where's he at? And I'm like looking. And we watch him walk probably 200 yards straight down the truck because there's like this field's covered, like surrounded by drainage ditches. And he turns right. He's walking another 200 yards. I'm like, where's the turkey? Because it ain't moved. I ain't seen it fly away. And next thing I know, he throws up the shotgun and shoots. And before he got out the truck, I said, if you kill a hen – don't bring it back to this truck you kill anything because he didn't know what it is you know he yeah. didn't know what it, hadn't seen a turkey and I tried to talk him out of it he walks up shoots this turkey and he walks up to the edge and like picks his head over like looking to see what he killed and then he comes back to the truck and I'm like you killed a hen didn't you he says nah I don't know what it is I said what do you mean why didn't you get it he says there's a big ditch right there because it's one of them drainage ditches come on you coming with me and I was like I right, I go out there this joker has done walked up and shot a triple beard turkey from like ten yards. Like That's just walked awesome. up on him. gosh His first turkey ever. <laughs> well northern turkeys are a lot yeah. different from our southern yeah, yeah. turkeys. But but we ended up like I said, Daniel we, we, we tried to hunt around and we ended up back at that same field and, and we pull up and Daniel goes, Glass this field, to see if you see anything And uh I I looked out there and, and we was like there's turkey over there. So same same scenario i just go to this neighbor's yard and i walk around daniel's filming through the through the windshield and uh i get close to this bird and this bird actually takes off running you can see me chop down like several trees you know (laughs) trying to shoot through and and he flies away and i dusted him from about he was probably 70 yards away flying away and when we finally ended up getting on him that's a long story but when we finally got back on him and i used my third shell he was a smoke-faced turkey had all white wings and and then cut this story short again we ride around right after i killed that bird and two hours later come back to that field and daniel's like just glass the field again and we glass the field and there's turkeys right there in the same corner (laughs) i just killed this turkey and daniel's like all right i'm going and he he army crawls through this drainage ditch and this is a story that You'd have to hear Daniel tell it in person. We won't tell it on here, so if y'all want to hear it, just get up with Daniel and (laughs) tell it because our turkey tour, when you go kill 40 turkeys, you know, you talk forever. But he ended up crawling through these drainage ditches, and I'd I'd be on the phone, and I'd be like, where are you at? And I'd be like, dang, he only made it 30 yards. You know, you got like 330 more to go. He ended up killing a turkey right there. So we we were able to kill three turkeys in this same little field, and it was pretty wild.
3: When he says a drainage ditch, he's not giving you the full – (laughs) <laughs> I'm six foot two. This water was up to my, to my titties. <laughs> it's 40 degrees
0: 40, outside 40 and degrees. raining.
3: Oh, my gosh. And I waited through that for an hour, the best I could, to get to where I could shoot this turkey. When I got out of there, one, I was frozen. Two, my clothes, because I had to come out of that ditch, belly crawl through a dist-up crop field, and into another irrigation ditch that was shallower. My my camouflage was solid black from the soil baked into it from me crawling around in it, and like I said, I was completely drenched. If we'd have had to hunt the next day, I had no clothes to wear because between the, the two two outfits I wore, everything was soaking wet between the rain and the and the wading through this ditch. But yeah, it was a wild deal. Um, you know, he, he and, was a double beard, and that's what he? it takes. It, you know, people. I remember one thing when when we were talking to folks early in the year. There was some folks that asked us you know well what are you going to do you know 40 days you're only planning two days to hunt here one day to hunt here four to four to hunt here what are you going to do about weather and this that and the other and and matt just looked at him and said we're going to hunt through it we're going (laughs) to hunt hunt (laughs) and rain wind snow whatever it is we're going to have to hunt through it to do this we can't say oh it's not the perfect day so we're not going
1: well we can do that a
3: little bit at the house before it really got going but once we hit the road There was no option to take a day off.
2: I had a tornado touchdown. We literally
3: hunted every weather scenario that you could hunt throughout the season. We did it. Frost, ice, rain, 40, 50 mile an hour winds to 95 and 100 degree heat.
2: I had an actual tornado touchdown five miles east of where I killed one of my North Carolina birds at the minute that I killed it. Oh, walking gosh. through the rain, pouring down rain. I, I put my bag over my camera. You can hear it pounding down on the bag. But Well, guys, one of the questions I had,
1: at what point does fatigue set in? The, the You're traveling to come home. all night, <laughs> you know, going from spot to spot. You're getting up, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning to get where you need to be. You're walking miles each day. You're eating you know, subpar food, you know, you, you got a granola bar. I, you yeah. know, I carry a little bit of stuff. Anything a crinkle goes in my vest. You know, so, I mean, you your, know, your nutrition level's bad. Daniel, you were coming back and forth from work.
3: Yeah. So, I mean,
1: you, you know, had plenty of drive yeah. time by yourself or with one other guy. I mean, where does fatigue hit y'all?
3: Well, for me, that was the hardest part. You know, Matt, luckily, due to – his situation was able to stay at some places, you know, and like you said, I was having to drive. I made a couple of trips during the middle of that season back to Mississippi. Um, One of them, prime example, was all the way back from from Kansas and Nebraska, you know, home, and then went back to Wisconsin by myself and then was bouncing back and forth from there to Chicago. But, you know, as weird as it sounds, it's kind of like everything else. You get in a routine of – one, what people don't realize when you hunt that far north, especially Wisconsin, Nebraska, the days are so long. I killed a double bir- double set of birds in Wisconsin at five oh eight in the morning, and it was good daylight. Wow! They were gobbling at four forty five in the morning. We're literally we roosting birds at nine yeah. p.m. nine thirty. Well,
2: we're not getting in the bed because I mean, most of my hotels that I was staying at was like thirty minutes away from where I was hunting. I mean, you're, you're I hunt with these people, but I'm not going to stay with them. You know, right. I have one guy that I stayed with. I mean, I'm not saying that I won't. I'll go ahead and have it booked and usually don't spend enough time with them to get to know them enough to stay with them. But Nicholas Blevins, you know, I he's in Kansas. He, he, got, he had his basement in Kansas, and I literally stayed there for, like, two weeks solid. You know, he's a fantastic guy. He's become a really good friend of ours. He housed me, Trent, and Daniel for, you know, two weeks probably carrying us all over Kansas hunting. You know, he's a farmer up there, has plenty of land. But for me, where does fatigue step in? I knew it was gonna be a long one after the very first day when I look at my Apple phone and it says we walked like ten miles, and then the next day I walked six miles and then the next day I walked eight miles and then I started thinking, if we start walking eight miles a day, I ain't gonna you know I'm my metabolism runs very quickly, especially for my age and and I'd be eating alive, you know, eating myself alive, losing weight. <laughs> So I lived off of Nutri-Grain bars and stuff like that, protein bars. I kept them in my best. But for me, it it didn't really get to me. Like Daniel said, it becomes a routine. We're we're roosting birds 9, 9.30, getting in bed at our hotels, you know, 30 miles later at 10, 10 o'clock, then having to be up at 3.30 because you got to be in the woods at 4. So, I mean, we're getting like four or five hours of sleep every day. It becomes routine just like everybody else, you know, that does – stuff like that for a job going to sleep late and getting mm-hmm. up early but i mean you are tired because you know you are walking so much you're not just at a desk but it really you find did. ways
3: to work around it though yeah i mean you know if you if you kill in the mornings in a once in know one, one bird a day state yeah you, you do catch your naps in the middle of the mm-hmm. day and go roost birds in the evenings you know i don't know how many times especially like matt said hunting with nick or, or hunting with you know each other catch a cat nap while the other one's driving or yep. you know you get to a spot and the birds aren't really working but it ain't worth it to go all the way back to the hotel you just take a little 20 minute nap right there up against the tree did you actually get matt to drive <laughs> oh, I he had, drove a little I, bit i, I was, was in anybody. my own truck did you the film most that <laughs> mostly honestly mostly we had to drive each we other to... because we were in different vehicles mm-hmm. traveling together but separately you know because i did have to keep making return trips and most of the time, he was getting places a day or two before I was. know, mm-hmm. um, there was a few times we hit some places together. But, you know, we were fortunate. M- Missouri I- was say, good. You know, turkey hunting is one of those things that if the birds are right and you really love it, which yeah. I don't think you should be doing it if you don't love it because yeah. you're taking it away from me and everybody else that does. Yeah. But uh, if you really love it and the birds are acting right, you don't get tired, at least not while you're out there. And we had, for the most part, minus a few days and a a, a rough stretch in the in the middle but towards the end where you would think that you were getting burnt out, we still had some really good hunts and and pretty much every day we were in birds that we went which keeps you motivated you know i i specifically remember telling matt when i went to wisconsin he he was pretty beat up at that point you know he was we both knew that was the last trip i mean the, the seasons are over everywhere in the country at that point and he was up there grinding it out he killed a few birds i'd been gone and, for
2: 57 58 days you know non-stop
3: you know as i was driving up i told him i said dude i said as much as i love this i'm ready for it to be over you know you want to get home to your family your friends and everything else and, and you want to break and, and i knew as soon as it was over i was going to wish it was still going again but yeah. when i got up there you know i was fortunate enough to like he said get hooked up with some guys on some private land hunts and kill a few birds and then I stumbled across a piece of public land while those guys had to work for a few days that must have been untouched and I ended up killing four birds on public land in two days which y'all know how hard and how that doesn't sound normal Um, and probably honestly if I'd have stayed the other two days that the season was open after uh, Memorial Day I probably could have killed three or four more birds, honestly.
2: Yeah, and I knew that many birds. And I knew that uh, I knew I could have killed more, and I was at my point where I wanted to kill more to help us get our limit. And like you said, that fatigue set in, and and I knew I could have maybe killed one more the next morning because we just figured them out, and I said, I told Trent, and Trent kept telling me, he said, you're here, you might as well keep going. I said, I've been here for 60 days, (laughs) and I'm done. This is it. So I drove home, and that was the end of my tour. uh, We did well, though. We did well. Well, guys, is the turkey tour out? Where can people no. find it? It hadn't been it
1: has not been it, released yet. There right?
2: there's a few teasers and that and goes in with our life as show season came in so quick and I was the only one editing and it was really hard for me to get it out. Um and we're about to start working on it again, but we wanna we wanna start working into every week kind of deal releasing something and i started reviewing some more footage today so it's not out yet and it's kind of one of them things that i kind of feel like i want to not miss out on releasing deer stuff like like i'm about to release my full length tomorrow deer stuff every week i want to start releasing our turkey tour leading up to turkey season instead of too far ahead of it for all of our listeners out there we're going to stop it right here but the turkey
1: tour with freak outdoors is about to be released upcoming yeah i, I know, would next say next couple of months yeah so i would say i would and say and around january yeah
2: make sure yeah. y'all add us on uh youtube at uh freak outdoors official there's two of those but you'll find all the new videos there and just definitely keep up there so it'll be coming out soon it's definitely something special well that's you can awesome, also check
3: man. out the teasers on the IGTV through instagram yes cool well i know that's something
0: we wanted to lead into and, and talk about the turkey tour and coming up for you i know we want to get into where freak outdoors is now today uh, what's coming up what you want to share that that may not be out there yet but we're gonna end this one here so everybody we appreciate y'all listening to this episode of outdoor country talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Thank y'all and God bless well,
2: ain't nothing like a night. Lord, to make you feel all right, I got the windows dying. I got
3: the radio.